You could spend the weekend doing the same old whatever, or you could conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. Welcome to the Seattle Mariners baseball podcast. I mean, stop, Seager. Toss on up the first in time to get seven. Fernando Abad and the Mariners lead it five to four. Goodbye baseball. Leonis Martin with a walk off, two run home run. And the King, when the Mariners needed him the most, two hits over seven scoreless innings. Now here's your host Gary Hill. All right, welcome back, Seattle Mariners baseball podcast. Thanks for being here. Game two is in the books. We're off and running. The regular season is rolling along. Game three tonight. Unfortunately, uh, game two did not go how it was scripted either. Mariners lose game one of the season. They lose game two of the season last night to the Houston Astros. A 2-1 to one final to Houston. We'll break it all down coming up in a couple minutes. Get reaction from the clubhouse we'll hear from the skipper in a moment as well also coming up shannon dreyer is going to introduce us to one of the new mariners relievers also aaron goldsmith very interesting conversation with dallas keichel and a big part of what has made keichel successful especially a couple years ago when he was the shy young award winner was his defense and that was on full display in the first game against the M's, a couple of tremendous plays. One was just ridiculous. Barehand, spinning, throwing out Martin. Just an incredible play. He's got some pretty interesting things to say about how he prepares and how he uh, got good playing defense as a pitcher. So that comes up in a few minutes as well. I think you'll enjoy that. But for the Mariners, looking for a breakthrough offensively, it did not come yesterday against Houston, although they did get some very good pitching from Isashi Iwakuma making his first start of the season, and he was very good. Just like Felix the day before, the only blemish, solo home runs. The 1-1. Swinging a high fly the opposite way, slicing Dyson, giving up on it, looking high, it's in the seats for a home run. McCann goes the opposite way, and he's given the Astros a one nothing lead. couple of solo home runs allowed by Iwakuma, but overall very strong start. Six innings, four hits, two runs, both earned. He walked three, he fanned two. Those two long balls on 83 pitches. And, you know, when you face the Houston Astros, especially in that ballpark, I mean, they're a team, when you look, especially at that middle of the order, they're going to have their share of home runs. I mean, you look at Springer and Bregman and Altuve, Correa, Beltran, Reddick, Gaddis, McCann. You look up and down the lineup, they're going to hit a ton of home runs this season. I think one of the biggest keys when facing the Astros this season is you got to keep the home runs solo. That is going to be so important. And, the Mariners have done that in the first two games of the series. The Astros have had their home runs, four of them so far, but they've all been solo blasts. That is the key. When you're playing Houston, if they start knocking them out two, three run home runs at a time, 
I mean, that's when they can start to really put up some crooked numbers and make it difficult because they are going to hit their home runs. That's just the nature of playing the Astros this year. That offense is very talented. They're very strong, uh, very strong up and down. They're going to have your share, their share, but make them solo blasts, and that's what the Mariners have done so far. And the Mariners, good pitching, just allowed five hits, two solo home runs, two home, uh, two runs to the Astros, but the Mariners just not able to get enough going offensively. The 0-2 pitch, Dyson goes, check swing. It's low, but does he go? Yes, he does strike three. The appeal down to the first base umpire. Doug Eddings with the call. Hanniger strikes out. The ball game is over, and the Astros win game two of the opening series, a final score of 2-1. to Ems had a couple of chances along the way, end up with seven hits to go along with their one run. But I had able to come through. Lance McCullers Jr., excellent stuff. Went six, five hits, one run. He fans seven in 88 uh, on 88 pitches. And what's difficult about the Astros when you fall behind in, in the late innings, it's a pretty tough three-headed monster in the back end of the bullpen between Harris, Gregerson, and Giles. Giles, the tremendous stuff. I mean, he can really bring it. Keep in mind, Harris and Gregerson have both been successful closers at the big league level as well. When you're trailing the Astros late, it's tough to come back on those three, and it set up perfectly, I think, for the Astros yesterday. Six innings from McCullers, one Harris, one Gregerson, one Giles, and that was all she wrote for the Mariners in the ball game. Here's what Gerard Dyson, who picked up a double in the ninth inning, got in scoring position but the Mariners couldn't find a way to bring him in. Here's what he said after the ball game. You get the feeling that it's just going to happen? Like, oh, right? absolutely. It, it, it's going to happen. Hitting is just contagious. Once it gets going, and it's going to be hard to stop it. You punched some stuff together today, too. Man. Like yesterday, only a few hits, but you got some hits today. Yeah. To get some right now, we're we scrapping right now, but uh, eventually, you know, everything going to come together as one, like we want, and like we plan, like what we work towards during the spring. And, uh, Unfortunately, it just ain't came together yet. You know, our pitching doing a heck of a job out there, you know, keeping us in the ball game. We just got to tack on some more runs. What did you see from the colors today? It looked like the curveballs. Yeah, he's a curveball machine, you know. Uh, He he gets you off the fastball with the off speed. You know, he just mixed it up pretty good. Uh, I thought tonight he mixed it up real good tonight. Uh, Like I said, that's a great staff over there, you know. We don't take nothing for granted in here. And then we just go out there and play hard to the last out made. And Dyson got that hit in the ninth inning. That was his speed on display, a hustle double to get himself in his scoring position. The one nothing pitch. Swing and a line drive. Base hit in the right field. Dyson the turn at first. He's heading for second. Up of the ball, Springer. The throw to second. Head first slide, and he is safe. Gerard Dyson with a one-out double here in the top of the ninth inning. He got that double right out of the batter's box. Springer, the right fielder. Had to sprint to his left toward the corner to get to it. It wasn't enough as the Mariners fall 2-1 to one to the Astros. Here's what the skipper, Scott Service, had to say after the ball game. First few games against back, it's yeah. got to sting a little bit right now. Yeah, it, it is. You know, we just, um, you know, we're not putting up, stringing any you know, good at-bats together. And, uh, you know, their pitching's been very good. Uh, we, we've... Uh, 
you know, chasing balls out of the strikes and gotten away from controlling the zone a little bit. It, it happens, like he always does. But I thought Kuma threw the ball great. Uh, you know, just got to tighten it up offensively. The Iwakuma team kind of come out like that. That has to be kind of reassuring, though. Yeah, he's a pro. And I think as everybody <laughs> wants to doubt him all the time, and, you know, it's spring training. And that's what it is. You're getting ready for the season. And uh, he did tonight. Uh, used all his pitches. Uh, obviously, the two home runs hurt. You know, the opposite field homers here. But uh, I thought he threw the ball great, very efficient. Um, it was exactly what we needed. Both men have been strong coming out of the gate. Very good. Yeah, the guys are throwing great, um, attacking. Uh, we got good stuff in our bullpen, and uh, the guys are they feel good about it, and they're being very aggressive. So we're going to need them. It's a long year, and uh, they are in a good spot right now. Got to see what Dyson can do there in the, the ninth. Oh yeah, it's you know um, he got you know got the head out on that one and, and squared it up. Um, you know, Giles thrown very hard, and you know he's an electric player. There's no doubt once he gets on the bases, and we just got to get him out there more um, and create a little bit more havoc out there. Kuma doesn't he's not coming with a lot of velocity, but just just. Just good pitching. Yes, very good. Uh, you know, and the, and the velocity is a tick down. I think from even, you know, he's an 87, you know, 88. You know, what you're seeing now is just a tick below that. But, you know, made pitches tonight, really kept a, a pretty good hitting team off balance. And, uh, you know, outside the two opposite field homers, it was it was really, really good. That's a, that's a tough porch over there. I mean, it was... Yes, it is. It's, we play in the same yard they're playing in. It, it happens. You know, you can't get caught up in it. Um, you know, I'm sure we'll find a few in there here in the next couple of days. As well. You said you, you wanted to see your lineup roll the last week of spring training. Didn't get to do it. Is this the layoff maybe affecting that? Oh, I, I, I don't know. Yeah, no, I'm not really going to make excuses. Uh, they've run very good pitching at us the last couple of nights. Obviously, Keuchel is on top of his game. McCullers has as good a stuff as anybody in the league. Um, you know those are going to be tough right out of the shoot. But, uh, again, you know, got to get back to controlling the zone, you know, controlling our emotions and, and riding out at bats. You know, even when guys are having that kind of stuff, a lot of those balls are out of the strike zone. So our guys know it. You know, they know where we're at, and, and we'll make some adjustments and be ready to get them tomorrow. And it sets up a pretty interesting matchup tonight, Mariners and Astros, game three of the series, game three of four. 5-10, first pitch from Houston. And one of the questions about the Astros, and we talked about it with Robert Ford on the podcast yesterday, is the rotation, rotation depth in particular. Because after you get past... Keichel and McCullers, some question marks along the way, especially of McHugh, who's really pitched well against the Mariners on the DL. So the Astros tonight will turn to Charlie Morton, longtime major leaguer, came up with Atlanta but has spent the bulk of his career with the Pittsburgh Pirates. He was traded to Philadelphia last year, only made four starts with the Phillies before he tore his hamstring, and he was out for the rest of the year. So just 17 innings last year as a starter. Signed with the Astros, a two-year deal in the offseason, so he'll take his first turn for an American League team coming up tonight. Not a hard thrower, really a ground ball guy, uh, likes to throw the curve with a similar spin rate to McHugh, so I think there's uh, that's something that the Astros identified in McHugh and maybe something they tried to identify in Charlie Morton as well. 17 innings last year for Morton. The year before that, in 2015, through 129 in 23 starts for the Pirates at a 4-8-1. Traditionally, he is someone who has handled righties in his career. Righties against him in his career, batting 249 as a group. Lefties on the other side of things, batting 307 against him in his career. Lefties have actually hit more homers against him in his career as well. He's allowed 40 homers in 31 to righties, despite uh, 
200 less at bats facing lefties in his career. So something to watch tonight between the lefties and righties. Meanwhile, James Paxton will take the ball for the first time against the Astros. He'll take the ball for the first time this season. Very familiar. Two of his last three starts last season came against Houston, including his very last start on September 28th, and pitched very well. Went five innings, gave up three earned runs to start before that uh, against the Astros on September 17th last year. Went seven and allowed two runs and punched out seven. So Mariners could use another good start. They've gotten two of them so far. They'd love another one. They love to get the offense cooking against Charlie Morton tonight. Again, 5-10 first pitch, Mariners and Astros, game three of the series as the Mariners look to break through for the first time this season. It's interesting. I was looking at Houston, and you know we've seen a couple of low-scoring games to start, and it seems like that would be something that's unusual, especially with that offense and that ballpark. I mean, it just – it feels like a ballpark where a ton of runs scored. But what's interesting, if you look at stadium ERAs from last year, so that's a, a combo of both home team and road team in one stadium throughout the season. Houston actually featured one of the lowest ERAs in baseball, the third lowest ERA for any stadium in baseball last year. Of course, part of the factors you're looking at the stadium itself, but also who's pitching in the stadium for the most part, the home team, who's pitching mostly there. But I still think it's pretty interesting, a three five eight ERA in Houston's ballpark last year in Minute Maid Park, which is the third lowest behind just Philadelphia and the Dodgers last season. It's just not something you would necessarily expect from that ballpark and that team and that ballpark. So maybe the first two games of the series, not as unusual as you might think. I wonder what we'll see tonight. 5-10 first pitch. So right now, we're going to meet one of the newest Mariners as Shannon Dreyer introduces us. We did see an impressive Mariners debut as reliever James Pazos recorded four outs in a row all on the ground. Now, Pazos has made a handful of outings with the Yankees, but last night there may have been nerves, according to Scott's service. I kind of joked with him when I handed him the ball. And I, get him the, I said, you can smile a little bit. Go ahead and start breathing for me. And he, he joked, and he said later, I kind of needed that, didn't I? I said, you weren't breathing, just, just so you know. Um, so uh, he handled it really well. He came right after him, and he's got good stuff. James agrees. Opening night is a little different. That was very exciting. You know, the atmosphere coming out here for the anthem and just seeing, you know, the lineup of t- to the two teams and the sold-out crowd, it was just, it was electric, and it was a lot of fun. I'm, I'm really happy that I got my feet wet yesterday because <laughs> I don't know if I would have been able to sleep last night, but uh, it was a lot of fun. I understand that Skipper, when he came out, had some interesting words for you. Uh, yeah, he just tried to get me to, to smile a lot. I, I don't think uh, he thought I was breathing, so... <laughs> Maybe just try and get the let the air out, you know. <laughs> but oh, it seemed different. to work. You're it seemed like, to probably work. all I've done this before. Wait a second, yeah. I'm not breathing. Oh wait. Uh, <laughs> yeah, it was uh, it was a lot of fun though. He calmed me down a little bit, so it was good. Mike Zanino didn't exactly see nerves. I sort of think that may just be like his resting heart rate right there. He's just sort of even keel. He doesn't get really over the top. I mean, you don't see it too much. And, uh, I mean, some guys need to live at that level to, to play and be successful. And he's very even keel, very low key. So it, it's nice to have that personality in the bullpen. 
For Zanino, catching a pitcher the first time regular season is always interesting. You can catch a guy all spring and then see something different when the lights come on. What Zanino saw, he liked. It's always nice when you're in a, an opening day in that situation. All of a sudden he comes out and he's just hitting his spots and, you mean, throwing 96 and has a good slider. I mean, it's it's nice to see that and, and just sort of how he attacks guys. So who is James Pazos on the Hill? Pitching coach Mel Stottlemyre Jr. gives us the report. Love, love, love the stuff. 94 to 97, electric stuff. And I'm still, we're, you know, we're still trying to get a feel for him. One of the things that we talked about coming into camp was to cut down on the walks and to be able to, to get your fastball in, you know, for a strike and, and to be able to just show a breaking ball, something he can land for a strike to, uh, you know, not let the hitters just sit on one pitch. And if you kind of look at, you know, him over the course of spring training, one thing that will stick out in, in people's mind is his, him having the ability to land that breaking ball. Sometimes he, he gets off and he'll spray his heater, and then you'll see him come back with a breaking ball, which is kind of backwards, and get himself back into account and get his fastball going again. So we love the stuff. Uh, I think he's capable of, of getting through a lineup where he's just not specifically going to face lefties. He can get righties out too. You know, he's going to have to pitch in, in multiple inning rolls, and who knows where that goes, you know, kind of like Mike Montgomery last year where he worked himself into a little more uh, a positive role. James has real big stuff, and we're really excited to have him over here and, and see how that, that plays out for us. James is excited to have the opportunity in Seattle. You know, I've always been able to kind of attack guys and be, kind of uh, make up for a lot of mechanical flaws with uh, just, like, mentality things. But uh, coming here, you know, I've really... I've really smoothed out the mechanics and gotten comfortable on the mound, I think. So I think that's made a big difference in being able to to compete and make adjustments uh, at the plate. Was that something you were able to do on your own, or was there some um, help involved? It was, you know, there was definitely some help. Uh, you know, that first week I got here, I think Mel just had a few, three little things for me to just, you know, kind of kind of think about or tinker, and, mm-hmm. and those things really have changed a lot. I've been just talking to Skip a lot about, being able to make adjustments and, and uh, you know, do certain things at this level that, that are, you're going to have success with. The Mariners and James Pazos seem to be a good match. And here's a very informative conversation. I always love hearing from the other side of things. And here's Dallas Keuchel. Listen when he talks about his defense, too, and what goes into it. Pretty good stuff. Dallas, last night it was shades of 2015. You looked, of course, like the Cy Young winner that you are last night. Obviously, you are healthy. We saw that firsthand. But what is it that you felt was most effective for you in opening night? I just felt relaxed. I mean, I felt back to to normal. And all it was was just focusing on getting outs instead of everything else but pitching. So, um, you know, we'll, we'll look to continue to do that and, and – uh, and, and, uh, It'll make it, everything easier, but um, it just felt good to get back out there and compete and get get into the regular season with the crowd here and, and everything going on with it. If voting for the Gold Glove were to take place today, you would undoubtedly win your fourth in a row. How did you become such a good fielder? I've always I've always taken great pride in, in every little aspect of my of my game, but it just became. It became a part of uh, a part of who I was when I was trying to transition and think about how I could stick in the big leagues. And to shorten the game is one of the, is one of the biggest things for any starting pitcher. Shorten the game yourself. That just makes the game not easier, but more attractive to everybody else. And 
if I can snag a ground ball here or there or make a, a, a good play on a bunt, then that makes the game even shorter for myself, and that's what I'm going to do. Have you always been a sinker baller, even going back to college and before that, and thus your being able to field your position has always been important, but maybe in more recent years more of a priority? When I got to college, my college pitching coach, Dave Jorn, was a, a sinker slider guy, and he really kind of taught a lot of the guys – the kind of the art of the two seam fastball and and I remember watching Sunday night baseball um, when the Red Sox were playing somebody and John Lester was throwing and they showed his grips before the game and he had the one seam kind of grip which he took off of Tim Hudson and after that that's when I kind of tinkered with my two seam grip and just become that one seam grip where when it comes off the fingertips it looks like one seam is coming at the hitter so that's why they call it the one seam. But it's still a two seam. But it has a little bit sharper movement and more late life. You had two barehanded plays on the third baseline last night. One of them was to get Leonis Martin, who home to first, has a head start as a left-handed hitter, not to mention the fact that he's a very, very good runner. Did you think you were going to be able to make that play? Honestly, no. The the. The one thing that helped me out was when he bunted it, he bunted it straight into the ground. So I had one more hop, one more heavier hop in there, which I did backhand. If I was to – if it, the ball was on the ground, I wouldn't have got him. But the ball came up off the ground, and I was able to, to really corral it backhand and then transfer it all in one throw. But the funniest thing was that I had lackluster – I had a lackluster fielding – game my last spring training start against the Marlins in Jupiter and my head wasn't in the game a lot as focused being last spring training start it's like I want to get out of there I want to get the regular season so the next day I I had CB our our bullpen coach hit me some 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 grounders and just had him surprise me with choppers over my head first base bunts third base bunts and I ended with like 10 minutes of third base bunts, exact same plays that just happened last night. So it, it's, it's funny how when you, you practice what you preach and it comes true in the game, and I was I felt comfortable enough to really transfer and just sling it over there because I had practiced that. So um, I gave him a lot of credit because uh, he was the one hitting hitting the, the PFPs to me or whatever you want to call it. Um, so I made sure to thank him for that uh, laughter last night. Dallas, it's always great to catch up with you. Thank you so much for the time. I appreciate it. Thanks for having me. We go to the top half of the second and get this visual imprint in your mind, folks. Dan Wilson warming up Jamie Moyer. He will not catch the top half of the second. Dan Wilson will bow out his 14-year Major League career. Here comes Jorby Torrealba out of the dugout. Dan Wilson with a handshake to Torrealba with a hug. Dan Wilson completing his 12th season. In a Mariner uniform, now he turns around, walks out to Jamie Moyer. He meets Jamie halfway, shakes his hand, gives him a hug. Everybody on their feet here at Safeco Field. Everyone on their feet. Fan appreciation night. And I tell you, there's a sign out there that says, thanks for the memories, Dan. He takes off his helmet, waves to the crowd as he crosses the first baseline. Listen to this ovation for Dan Wilson.